0: Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is just a reminder that everything on the podcast is intended to be informational, educational, and entertaining. This is no way a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic process. If you find yourself in need of more direct support, please reach out for professional help. Or if you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or call 911. Hey, everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. She is an expert speaker and coach and the owner of Creative Hands by Him Events, a full events management company. Uh, Miss Valerie Jenkins, how are you today?
1: Wow, awesome, awesome, excellent. Thank you for asking, Lashonda.
0: You are welcome. Well, I'm going to start with you, like I do all of my guests, and ask, what is your
1: labor of love? Hmm. Excellent question. My labor of love is uh, empowering women to become the best version of themselves and create the life that they imagine by starting their own business.
0: Amazing. As a business owner, Uh, who never, ever saw herself as a business owner. I think that is fantastic. Uh, So can you take us on a little bit of a journey and let us know kind of where this passion and labor of love is rooted for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, i Feel that I can relate to women because of my situation um, in the past uh, as a single mom and raising a male child, um, also being a part of an abuse relationship, um, and also being on the brink of my end. I had someone to speak into my life and to help me to start that healing process. I always knew that I had it in me to do something great. I just didn't know what that was. So I needed to really do some soul searching and and tap into what my purpose was. So once I realized what that was, I was that girl that had a voice and never shut up, (laughs) if you will.
0: Yeah. No, I I get that. And um, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's very interesting. I saw a meme on uh, social media that said something like, shout out to the girl who every report card got talks too much on her report card. Uh, And that was me constantly being told that I talked too much. And I say, now people pay me good money to talk. So it is being able to kind of look at that thing that you have and sometimes that thing that we don't realize we have are the very things that people have tried to smolder or extinguish throughout our lives. So I definitely find that to be interesting. Absolutely so Valerie, how how is how does empowering women show up in your life today?
1: Oh well as a business owner, I think that it's very important that um that I show up first. It starts with me, right? And it starts with me knowing who I am and walking in that purpose. And I believe that once that that came to me, that thing, um, that purpose, I walk in that and then other women see that. So I'm able to bring my authentic self to impact other women that may be Going through what I at one point in time in life, being uh, that one that didn't have a voice, being that one that was uh, withdrawn, um, didn't know what direction I was going in. I believe that the gift that I have, I'm able to uh, discern when there is a woman that um, women that I'm that I encounter that may have that feeling of um, unworthy or being stuck. So it's real. It really starts with me and showing up with the power that I have in order to impact and help and empower other women.
0: So let me ask a question. I I think as mm, as women who have found their purpose, who have. Identified it and who are walking wholeheartedly in it. We can make statements, and I know I do as well. Like, you got to find who you are and you have to walk in it. But I also know that mm, there was a point in time in my life that if someone had said that to me, it might have sounded good, but I would have been like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So what are you talking about when you say that? Maybe to someone who is listening, who is saying, I keep hearing people say, you know, know who you are or walk in your purpose, but literally they're just words. What
1: would you say to that person? Well, for me, I can, uh, it, it, it really starts with doing some soul searching, going deep, My experience is that I did a lot of meditating and a lot of praying. That was the thing that that actually helped me. And it really starts with having that um, mindset shifting from where you are today to where you see yourself tomorrow. And I know that's easier said than done. And yes, I agree with you. It is a bunch of words. But what I can share with you, my experience is meditation, meditation. Praying, surrounding myself with like-minded other women, and really then starting to see what my purpose is, and then starting to walk in that. When I say mindset, it's not something that you change today, Monday, and it's it's something that you know is done on Tuesday. It's a constant day to day, day to day, um, a process that you have to do. Uh, I would also say that once again, surrounding yourself with like minded people um taking care, taking away all of the negative and then now uh, substituting putting that with positive words affirmation so it, it's it's a process that you go through, and once again it does not happen overnight it's also um seeking professional help for healing. Um, which I did also when I was going through some life um, challenges, I needed to go out and seek professional help along with spiritual help. So I think the com- the combination was really what helped shift me.
0: Thank you. That's good. And I didn't even have to go the therapy route or the professional help route. You did. I appreciate that. <laughs> Always. Yeah. I think something that you said that was really key there too um, is community Um, I definitely know that um, in my journey, community was very, very important. And I think sometimes when we uh, say the word community, people automatically think a lot of people. For me, it's not about the quantity of people, but the quality of people that I was around. And In regards to like-minded people, what I'll say for me is that I needed to actually originally get away from the like-minded people of where where my mind was. And part of my community was people who saw in me something I could not see in myself. And it had always been there, but it was so helpful to have people who were not just encouraging because they were my friends or because They, you know, they were connected to me, but because really they were able to see something in myself that my pain, my hurt, my trauma was preventing me from seeing within myself. Now, once I was able to um, really hone into a community that was willing to really push me and help motivate me in that direction, and my mind, like you said, started to shift, then I did surround myself with people who had the mindsets and the resources that I needed, but I didn't necessarily have myself. Mm-hmm. And so that that was key. So thank you for sharing uh, part of your journey as well as mine. So you show up for you show up first, that was your key point. In order to help empower other women, you have to kind of show up in your full gift and purpose, and once you show up, Valerie, what's the what's another what's the way that that kind of manifests into you helping women?
1: Sure, excellent question. I believe with me showing up first, it's your actions that speak, right? Um, you can say um, that you will do a thing, or you can say who you are, but your actions is what really people hold on to by what they see how you walk. Um, so it really starts with understanding uh, the individual and what is it that I can give to this woman to help her or to empower her to know that she can continue to go on, that she can have those desires that she, that her heart has, that she can have the things that she imagined and sharing, really sharing my story. I believe that that is the, the test that people actually want to see. What did you go through? How did you overcome? Um, I think, I feel that being vulnerable is also a piece. There's some people that they have a story to share that can help someone else, but they hold on to that. If I can share my story and be open for someone that may be going through or don't think that they can continue on, then I know that I, I, I've done something. I've done something right. I can't hold on to. I don't live in my past. I am not that person anymore, but I can certainly share who I used to be and who I am today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Vulnerability and authenticity are two characteristics that can really, really promote the healing journey for ourselves and for others. So many of us have stories, Uh, our own story that we don't tell often because it is dripping and weighted down with shame. And we are a culture that has a tendency to shame the victim uh, far more than drawing attention to people who have hurt the victim. And so oftentimes we are more cautious and afraid to talk about the things that have been done to us than we are the things that we've done ourselves. And so when someone comes in and they are authentic and they are transparent and they are real about their lives, I think it is like this refreshing boost for people to, one, it it can be rare. So they see it and it's like, oh, wow, like, that person's being honest and open, but it also empowers them to be like, I can relate to that, or my story is similar, and and it doesn't automatically lean into them saying, well, I, now I'm going to tell my story. But imagine every time they come into a, across a person who is authentic, it gives them more and more empowerment. That sharing their story can be safe, so Absolutely. I think that is that is huge. And when you're working with women and you're sharing your story, um, have have you found that they then
1: feel safe enough to share theirs? And what's that like? Absolutely, you create that space because I think I, I feel like when other women see that you are sharing what you've been through. Once again, LaShonda, I am no longer that person, that woman, that girl. I have evolved. I have um, grown up. I am now walking in my power. So um, as you said, yes, there's times that people, you know, shame the victim or they feel ashamed of their experience, but you're no longer that person. Uh, So there's no need for you to feel, um, to be burdened down. But back to your question, I walk women through that journey. That is, it is okay. You, I create that safe space that I'm being open, and it's okay for you to also be open and to share. So this way, you're peeling away that, I want to say that dead skin. And it does give you that refreshing feeling that you can go on, that you can make it, that you're not in this alone. You're not the only one that has experienced this. There is other women that have experienced um, bad, uh, traumatic uh, events in their lives, but they are able to get past that and be successful. And I am one of them.
0: That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I frequently talk about developmental and relational trauma and developmental relational trauma therapy. And, you know, I think for some people, the challenge that they come to when you were saying, I'm no longer that person, is that so many people do feel that they are kind of stuck in Mm -hmm. that space and and so what I really love about the model, and I've talked about it all the time, is those historical parts of ourselves, they are still very much alive in us, but they are these young, um, younger parts of ourselves that really need guidance. They need reparenting. And that's the beauty. What I can appreciate of what you're saying is if we can step into this healing space and 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 move and and stand upright in our functional adult selves then we can go back and give those former parts of ourselves what they've always needed and deserved, but didn't get. So that little girl who has this story and she's so afraid to tell, we can say, we can tell our story because I'm here to protect you. Yes, Because that's never going to happen to you again. And that adolescent girl who doesn't want to share the things that have happened to her or the thoughts she's had, we can say, we can share because I am here to protect you. And so when we think about it, we in essence are telling the stories of our littles. And their stories deserve to be heard because so many of them were voiceless just by the nature of being a child in a world full of adults who oftentimes did not have their best interest in heart. Then they they never had the opportunity not only to tell their story, but to get accurate information back about their story which is It was not your fault. That's right. There's nothing wrong with you. You are worthy. And I find that sometimes people get to this point where change, beautiful change, can happen. And it's not seeming like it's happening because the functional adult knows she's worthy. Yes. The functional adult knows, right? And yes. so what we do is when we say I am worthy and we're talking to that functional adult, well of course you are. The functional adult knows that. But right. can you tell that little girl that? Because she's the one. Maybe it's that adolescent, maybe it's the teenager, maybe it's your young adult self who was in that that first marriage. That's my story. Right. She needs to know that she is worthy and beautiful and has a gift. And so just encouraging people too, that those affirmations are wonderful. Sometimes we need to be very specific though in pointing those affirmations at those parts of ourselves that don't believe that, not our functional adult, but those younger parts. And so I love what you're saying about being able to uh, move forward because we don't have to be held back. By the circumstances and the the worldviews and the behaviors that we used to have, absolutely,
1: absolutely. I also believe that um, you have to meet people where they are. Right mm-hmm. and to your point that um, adolescent, that young girl, um, the the adult woman knows that you know she is no longer there. But how does she now deal with? ensuring that that young girl doesn't creep back up into her adult um, life or walk and then take control mm-hmm. so you have to ensure in, and I mean there's so many people that I don't think that they understand that there is help that you can get professional help that you can seek in help in order to manage that adolescent person, that that young girl that does not creep back up to try to take control. She still lives there inside me. She still lives there, but I know how to manage her. I know now that I, I'm no longer her, but the story is still there. And I use that noun to share with other women on how to overcome, because it never, uh, to your point, it never goes away, but it doesn't take control over your adult, your new woman, your empowered woman.
0: Absolutely. Yes, yes. And yes. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing your work, um, from a very practical, like, you know, this is what it looks like perspective. How, how do you engage the women that you're working with and provide that support?
1: Sure. Well, it really starts with um, the individual. It starts with the woman herself on where she is. As I was saying, you have to meet people at where they are. Um, I work a lot with um, corporate women and that want to start their own business, but they just don't know how. They don't think that they're worthy enough. They don't think that they have anything to offer. And they make a lot of excuses. They're killing the game corporately. They're, they're maintaining. They are the subject matter expert. They're, uh, they, they're, they're in charge of departments and, and also uh, companies. But they're not doing it for themselves because of, once again, the mindset. So we lay out a plan on what exactly it is that you want to do what kind of business do you want to create? What is it that when you see yourself, when you get up in the morning that you can see yourself doing without even getting paid? That's number one. Number two is we start on that mindset to shift from you're killing the game and you're nine to five. But now... Why is it that you feel that you can't do this to create your own business? Because it really starts with what you believe in, where you see yourself, not today, but tomorrow. Absolutely. We lay out that plan and then we walk that journey together.
0: Awesome. And um, is this, do you offer any um, services that are group oriented workshops or things like that?
1: Yes, and I have a CEO of Women Empower Women Academy, and we actually lay out how to start your own business. So it is a 12-week program, and it goes from branding, uh, name, your niche, how to navigate online, social media, presence. So the full
0: gamut. That's awesome. Um, because what I can definitely say um, as an entrepreneur, I keep highlighting who never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, there are just so many things that like um, one doesn't know or consider. And I think one of the challenges for many people, I will say a lot of women, because so often we've had to navigate the world alone we've had to figure it out, we've had to come up with a lot of these um, plans and things by ourselves that when we start the entrepreneurial journey, it can feel pretty isolating and alone like, well what do I do now or what do I do? And so I can say that I am very fortunate to have had other people around me that I could call to and and learn from. I think something that was very key for me though is I had a lot of people who were in the helping profession mm. to help me hone that part. But I was pretty intentional that my business mentors, I did not want them to be in my field. One, historically, uh, people in helping professions are bad at money. I don't mean managing money. I mean, asking for money, uh, charging our worth, knowing our value. And so it's been tremendously helpful for me to have some mentors outside of my profession, which is what I'm hearing is that you can kind of work with women, no matter where they are and what their thing is to help them hone in on that. And it makes me think of kind of this, um, this I don't want to call it a discovery necessarily, but I had this moment, <clears throat> excuse me. And I talked about it on uh, therapy Thursday, not that long ago, but mm. I had this moment when I realized why not, Why would I not ask for what I want and what I need? And this was a big pivotal moment for me because as a Black woman, there have been a lot of messages that have been implicit and explicit about what I can and cannot have Mm -hmm. uh, in this this world. And and if I dare pursue some of those things, it's going to be a long, hard road. And what I began to realize is everyone doesn't function that way. A couple of examples. Um, One, when I travel, I I really do enjoy watching people in the airport space. I make up tons of stories (laughs) that may or may not be accurate, but I'm watching how people engage with the world. And what I have found is that some people walk through the world without uh, barriers, Mm -hmm. even if there are their perception that barriers are there. Mm-mm. no, and i I watch them kind of move in spaces, so <laughs> um whether it's how they're walking down the hall. Or the posture they assume when we're getting ready to board the plane, and ultimately my favorite, the people who stand up before the plane is even stopped. Right. Like you know, <laughs> doors. And and I watch and I, I just start to really observe that some people don't sit and wait for permission to live their lives. That's right. Right. So I'm not advocating for being rude. I'm not even saying it's rude, you know, rude or brash, but what I am saying is I looked at uh, specifically, white men. In our culture, the the society has been shaped around them, and so for many white men, the barriers and the obstacles that exist for me as a black woman, they are not only unfamiliar with, but they have not had to encounter them on a regular basis. And so in areas where I would sometimes feel timid or shy or think I don't, I I don't deserve to ask for that. I deserve to have that. I watch other people navigate the world in a why not posture. This is what I'm asking for. And this is what I'm expecting. And so I wholeheartedly have moved into that space. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not about controlling others. It has nothing to do with others. And it's not even about getting everything I want. That's not the point either. But why am I not going to ask? Or why am I not going to assert myself or advocate for myself? And so I think that, too, is helpful. Um, but that's something I just came up came. I, I quote unquote, stumbled across. I think it's super helpful that you are working with women and kind of helping them instill that quality on this journey as just kind of in innate. Yes, you can. And yes, you can have it. And, you know, I, I definitely think that's important as people move to being self-employed. Uh,
1: yeah, very helpful. And I agree with you. You said something that was really, that really popped out. Why, why am I asking permission? Not in a rude way, but as a woman, as a brown woman, as a black woman, why should I have to ask permission to walk in my purpose, in my gift? We are everything to everyone, but we don't take the time to be who we are, who we should be to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're moms, we're wives. Um, now these days, because with all the uncertainty and the times that we're living in, we're educators, we're, we're homeschoolers, we work. We, why do I have to ask permission to do something that I have the desire, the burning desire to do? for me. And I'm not saying to be selfish, but yes, I am saying this time you should be selfish. You should stand up and look as if you were sitting in a pew or in a stadium and look to the people that's on your left and look to the people that's on your right and say to yourself, excuse me, get out of my way. I have something to offer. I have something to give. I can make an impact." Yes. This is the time that you need to be selfish for yourself as a woman because we give so much of ourselves. And I say to that woman that's out there that don't think that she is enough, that don't think that she has anything to offer or she's making excuses, you are enough and yes, you can have all that you desire to have.
0: Yeah. I mean, literally 100% agree. You know, I I'm able to walk in and live that life now, but I can think about times when I, it, 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 I can't even say I didn't believe it. Like I didn't even know it was a belief to be had. <laughs> and, and so that is so huge to just be able to hear um, someone say genuinely No, literally, yes, you can. And yes, you do deserve that. And going back to the littles that are inside of us, I realize now that I get it, but there are still these young girls in me who don't. When it comes time to negotiate contracts, I have to have meetings with my littles before going into that meeting. Because if I don't, the one who thinks we can't, well, if our prices are too much, then what if they tell us no? Because she is so... She's so focused on not feeling alone and being connected. I know that's part of my story. So I got to talk to her and let her know we are good no matter what I'm here. So you're never going to be alone. Right. And, and this, this, and I have to have conversations with my teenager going to ring her in. She's sarcastic and she'd be rolling her eyes. And I got to be like, listen, I need you to sit down. Right. I got this y'all. And right. now walking in the freedom of why not? Of course. And, and, and I love, absolutely. We have learned to ask permission for things that we don't need permission for, but it definitely feels real when it reminded me of uh, Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. It's one of those when it's on TV, I got to watch it. And it's when red towards the end of the movie, when red gets out of prison and he's working, Um, in the grocery store (laughs) and he has to go to the bathroom and the guy's like, you don't have to ask to go to the bathroom, like just go to the bathroom. But the reality is he spent, what was it? 40 some years of his life or longer asking permission. So this is not, I don't want to make this seem like girl, please just do it. It's not that it is acknowledging that our life experiences have taught us to engage with the world one way. And now just wanting to point out how empowered we are to engage with the world in a different way, not because you ought to have known how to do it, but because we are releasing the bondage that says we have to wait forever or we don't get to assert ourselves. And this doesn't mean that there are not barriers and systemic barriers that will continue to try to create that message, but it is this empowerment to move beyond those messages. Because in some ways, I truly believe that the reason why we're constantly being or attempts are constantly being made to control us because we have so much, people don't know what we are going (laughs) to do, right? And we have the capacity to do so much. And sometimes our culture and our society is just not ready
1: for that. Yes, I agree. I, I'm reminded of, um, I do a lot of journaling also, but I'm reminded of a a sentence that I put down without even thinking about it. And um, when you shared that piece of the movie that he went and asked permission to go to the restroom, um, I was writing down this sentence where I had to relearn to learn something, if that makes sense. Something mm-hmm. that I had already learned, But I had to relearn that thing in order for me to say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay for me to be successful. It's okay for me to desire these things because it was already in me. So I had to then relearn what was already, what I already knew. If that makes sense.
0: It, it does make sense. And so much of what I talk about with our templates, our beliefs, worldviews, and behaviors uh-huh. is examining that so we can relearn yes. and some very valuable questions that I think is important for people to ask themselves is who yes. taught me that? Uh-huh. Who taught me that? Right. Where did I learn it? Is it true? Yes. And a question that I think is super important if we listen, if we ask ourselves is who benefits from me believing that. Right. And right. when we can sit in a space and start to look at there are people there is a lot a lot a lot of money to be made yep. off of our insecurities. Right. Yes. There is a lot of superiority and supremacy mm. to be maintained by our insecurities. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize, right, that we are that we are contributing to these systems Uh by not standing in our full power. And it makes sense that we don't sometimes know we have it, but once we start to stand in it, some Uh of these very systems that have been in place for a long time, they begin to crumble. They begin to shake. They begin Uh to get worried. Uh So it also comes to talk about some of the adversity we face. When we start to stand in that power, because again, people want to maintain these systems, but they had to deliver a lot of lies in order for the system to be established in the first place. So they got to maintain the lies. Absolutely. So that it can stay in place. And some of those lies are you're not worthy. Right. It is Eurocentric. Uh, ideas of beauty. It yeah. is that phobia. It is yeah. white supremacy. It exactly. is patri. It is yeah. these are the things that maintain the system. And so it is so so empowering when we realize that part of dismantling the system is
1: standing in your own truth and power. Absolutely, yes.
0: That's powerful.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I had to actually shake that years ago that, you know, to your point, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not, I'm not. And I had to say, yes, you are. You are good enough. You're all that. And as the young generation say, and a bag of chips, but it was something that I had to work on. Once again, going back to that, that, that mindset and not treating just the symptoms, but treating the root cause of it. That's what I needed. That's what I had to do.
0: Yeah, that's some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit now about Creative Hands for Him events and uh, kind of where that started and what you do with that?
1: Absolutely. So Creative Hands by Him, CHBH is an event planning company. And an event is life itself. But it really actually started um, when I was a 12 years old. And I put together, it was a summertime in New York, put together a lemonade stand. One summer, uh, had it tricked out with all of the bling, if you will. But I also had a group of friends that Uh, I gave them jobs to do. So one had to get the ball, one had to cut up the lemons. We, they, they all had a responsibility. Well, that lemonade stand turned out to be the summer lemonade stand five years in a row, every summer. And then um, I just started, you know, uh, creating events. And at the time I didn't even know. It was any time that there was a, a gathering. Was like, thou's the one that will put it all together. Thou's the one that would put it all together, like from the uh, finding a location, finding the business partners, if you will, that we will deal with. Uh, and then I just had this birthing of creative hands by him because I believe that God gave me the uh, blessing or the, the, the gift to create things with my hands. So uh, CHBH was birthed after um, I got out of the situation that I was in when I was living in a women's shelter for two years. And then I started working um, in corporate environment for corporate America and just was not fulfilled. I felt stuck unworthy, not being paid my worth. And I started that while I was working my nine to five. Um, And I had CHBH for 10 years, and it just started to grow and become more successful over um, the 10 years. Um, And then I started teaching other women how to build A event planning business or any business just by, with the basic business fundamentals that I used.
0: And so now uh, can you give us a little example of some of the events, the kind of events that you, um,
1: you produce? Oh, absolutely. There are a lot of corporate events. I have a lot of personal events that um, for individuals from, um, uh parties to uh celebrations to milestones uh once again a lot of the corporate events um that I've put on for Revlon for um some of the name brand corporations that's out there when they have their teammate engagements when they have their celebratory um end of the year uh events so we're quite busy, and once again, it's a full event planning uh, service, uh, even put together a couple of um, unfortunate uh, funerals, I would have to say, but they mm-hmm. were, you know, some events that people did not want to or had the time or the space to put together. CHBH was able to provide a, an experience for those people.
0: Yeah. So uh, thank you for that. I'm going to tell you that something that is important for people to listen to. And I hope people hear me is that if you have something you enjoy doing and you're gifted at people will pay you to do it, period. I mean, that is just the reality because there are things that people need that they don't want to do. For example, events. I ain't into, I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have no interest. You know, some people get super excited. Ooh, like, it's a birthday party and I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested you know and I, I'm just not. Um, there are so many things that you know seem basic that that people take for granted their gift Absolutely. because they don't even realize that there is a market for it. And so basic things like organizing a closet. I know so many people that not only do they uh, is this something they enjoy, but they are totally gifted at just looking at a closet in a way that I would never look at a closet, for example. And, and people will pay for that. And I I remember having this moment not that long ago that I also think is relevant to the person um, who is thinking about starting their own business, or more specifically to the person who has their own business. You've gotten past the, the um, the business planning stage, you you actually exist. I, I remember checking my mail not that long ago. And sometimes I physically, I walk around the physical building outside of my office, uh-huh. um, just for exercise. And I had gotten my mail and I, I definitely heard the Lord say to me, what if during this walk, everything you asked me for, I gave you. What would you ask for? And I was like, ooh, that's a good one. So I'm walking and I'm walking slow, right? I ain't gonna do the fast. Well, so I wanna right, walk right. slow. And I wanna <laughs> just think about all this stuff. And I'm just I'm just like, okay, here are things I want. I loved it as an exercise to dream if it had been framed a different way, well, where do you see yourself? And what's your five-year plan? I I get stuck when I hear questions like that. I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. But when it was framed like that, it was like, oh, it was permission to dream. And I think at one point, it was just, it was so, so poignant. One of the things I said is, I want to be paid a lot of money for my gifts. And as quick as I I said it, I heard, then charge a lot of money for your gifts. I was like, Mm -hmm. what? And and, and and I what I'm sharing that is because I, I wanted it to be this mystical thing. I wanted it to be something that like there was a formula that I had to like Indiana Jones my way through a cave to figure out the formula to get the key. How do I make a lot of money using my gift? It's simple. I charge a lot of money for my gift. Right. It really is that simple. Yeah. Um, now, to the point is I continue to hone my gift. My gift is worthy. (laughs) So it's not like I'm taking something that's not worth anything and charging, but no, I had to realize that people pay what you charge. I say that about my services, but I say it about other people's too. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I've utilized services um, where people have undercharged. And if I'm I am a person who, especially if I'm close to a person or relative, if I respect that person and they're undercharging, I will tell them, yeah. this is undercharging. And out of integrity, I won't pay you what you're asking me to pay you. Right? You yeah. really need to look at this and you really need to charge more because I value your services. I will not do that to you. However, you know there have been some people who when they don't charge their worth and I spent some time in this space, Get resentful. Right. Yeah. When they're not being paid what they're worth. Right. And it really comes down to I paid you what you charged. Right. Right. People paid me what I charged. And I don't get to sit in this space of resentment at them for undervaluing my gift when I didn't charge them the amount that it was worth. And so I really appreciate, you know, being able to have this conversation with you, Val, because. Rather, people are even just conceptualizing, possibly wanting to have their own business, right? Maybe that's what I want to do. Or if they already have it, but they want extra support, you provide a service that can kind of meet people where they are on that journey.
1: That's correct. And just going back to what you said, you have to first know your worth, right? And Mm -hmm. and, then... I I believe that people that are not charging their worth and they're resentful because they don't know, they don't actually know what they have and the impact that it can make. So you have to first know who you are and you have to know the gift that you bring and you have to know your worth in order to then know the numbers to charge. It's so true. Yeah. And people will pay you for Three reasons because they don't know how to do what you do, they don't want to do what you do, and they don't have time to do what you do. So they will pay you based on those three things. Absolutely.
0: You have to. to. And it's also a random side note if you're going to pawn something, uh, Get an appraisal first. That's yes. all <laughs> I'm saying.
1: Right? 100%. You're 100% right. I get an appraisal. Totally. Yes.
0: <laughs> because when you walk into that pawn shop, it's the pawn shop's responsibility to increase their profit. That's right. That's right. And, and so I wouldn't even call it a scam. It's totally legal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are going to offer you and pay you what you accept. Yes. And if you don't appraise a thing, to know its worth, you might find yourself settling for way less. Here's the thing though, no matter what it's appraised at, or no matter what they give you for the value of the thing never changed. Right. Absolutely. What you accept does not equal the value of a thing. That's and right. so we have to get to a point where we understand the value and someone considering, uh, or undervaluing a person, a gift or a thing doesn't make it worthless, even if that person is you.
1: That's right. That's and so right. we
0: definitely can be empowered to do that. So that that's huge. Valerie, I really appreciate you being able to um, just share, well, not just the work that you're doing, but really give some empowerment, uh, specifically to women who may think that they're they're counted out. Um, on this entrepreneurial journey and, and providing some hope for them in that regard. So if someone is listening and they are interested in learning more about you, your services, participating in your academy or any of that, how can people find you and contact you?
1: Sure, they can go to my website. That's valjenkins.com. That's valjenkins.com. You can reach me on Facebook, Valerie Jenkins on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, underscore ValSpeaks. That is uh Val underscore Val Speaks on Instagram. Uh Facebook is just Valerie Jenkins, and my website is valjenkins.com.
0: That is so amazing. Thank you. We obviously will have uh, her contact information in the show notes. Uh, But Valerie, before I let you go, I always ask my guests to provide a interesting, fun or little known fact about themselves. So what you got for us today?
1: Wow. Um, The one that comes to mind is for high school play, I was the first black Annie. The sun come about tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you grew up in New York, right? Yes, yes. Born awesome. in New York. That's great. Hey, Annie. Like I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that fun fact. Thank um you. Valerie, thank you so much for joining me today um, and bringing your energy um, and your empowerment to my listeners.
1: Thank you, Lashana, for having me. And thank you for um, the Labor of Love podcast. I had a blast and it was very, very um, uh, entertaining, I would say, but also informative. So thank you so very much for allowing me to be a part of um, your platform.
0: Absolutely. I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides the music for the Labors of Love podcast. I want to thank the best producer in the land, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media. And I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in. Uh, If you have suggestions for content or guests please reach out to me at www.thelaborsoflove.com. Don't forget we're on all the major social media outlets. I am now bringing my Therapy Thursdays to the podcast platform. So in addition to this podcast, tune in on Thursdays where I'll give a short clip of a Therapy Thursday. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating everywhere you get the podcast.
1: Until we connect again, you all be well.